Ow. <laughs> you fall off your chair? No. I dropped something. Oh. It's all good. Never mind. Don't worry about it. All right. Just checking. Just checking. Um, I'm a mess. What can I say? Mm, yes, you are. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. Hi, John. Welcome back. Why, thanks. John went on vacation, which is why we didn't have a show last week. That's right. It's my fault. It is. All my fault. You're allowed. You work hard. Oh, oh, good. (laughs) Glad somebody feels that way. And I'm sure I could have done a show and filled in with somebody else, but eh, I was like, nah, let's have a week off. There you go. You take a break, too. Yeah, because why not? So did you have a good trip? I did have a good trip. It yeah. was very fun. Nice. Very fun. Hotter than hell, but, you know, <laughs> I already used to that, so not a big deal. <laughs> I thought it was a, a dry heat, though. It was a dry heat. Oh, okay. Still, it was hot. <laughs> not as hot and humid as Florida, but still. Right. Nonetheless, for end of September in... California, it was kind of hot. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good trip. Good. Good, that's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to go back again. When are you going back? I don't know. <laughs> I thought maybe you had a plan. No, not yet. I thought maybe like once a month you were going to be like, I'm going to California. Yeah, sure. No, you can't swing that? Well, see, here's the thing. The traffic in California <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> My hotel was 30 miles from the airport. It took me two hours to get there. Hmm. Fun. And that was r- routine. Were you, and, uh, were, yeah. were you trying to get there during rush hour? Uh, no. I got, no. My flight got in about 2. Okay. One thirty, two o'clock. So, no, way, way before lunch hour, uh, rush hour. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Two hours, huh? Yeah. Wow. Obscene. Did you did you take a taxi or did you take an Uber? No, I actually rented a car. Oh. Okay. Figured, why not? <laughs> You're a big Glad boy. I Glad I did. Yeah, I mean, I got a good deal through Travelocity, so I was happy. There you go. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But now I'm back. <laughs> now I'm back. It was kind of a rough week for rock and roll. Was it? Or last week? Week before? Since we spoke last? Did I wait, Did I miss something? I, I've been working a shit ton, so I might have missed something. Uh, Eddie Money, Rick Ocasek. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so Eddie Money died of throat cancer? Is that what happened? I think so. And then Rick Ocasek was just kind of found dead, right? Yep. Damn. Um Yeah, I'd I'd kinda heard about that. Yeah. Uh more about Eddie Money than Rick Ocasek. I see yeah. Rick, Rick Ocasek was one of those guys I thought was already dead. Well, looking at him, you would think that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he he was an odd, odd person. I used to see him walking around Boston back in the day. Oh yeah, and um, he was a little scary looking. Was I uh, going into? Go ahead. I remember seeing him going into copy cop a lot. 
Okay. Copy Cop was like a Kinko's. Oh, okay. And uh, he was always in full black leather with boots and, you know, studded belts. And it's like, hmm, <laughs> all right. And he's not an attractive man. Wasn't no. an attractive So, So when you saw him walking around, was he walking on water? No, he was not. No? Okay. No. That is a reference to a, a um, music video that he did. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's magic. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that played yep. on heavy rotation in, on MTV. Yes, it did. Yeah. Well, that was when MTV, like, showed music videos and stuff. Yeah, and it was like that and Hot for Teacher and a couple others, but... Uh, yeah. Um, so Stuck he, on you by Huey Lewis. He died of cardiovascular disease at 75. Okay. Uh, cause of death... Which is weird because his birth certificate had him at 70. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the cause of death listed is hypertension and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck this up. Atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. Hmm. A buildup of plaque in the arteries that can cause hardening and or narrowing in the heart muscle. So it kind of sounds like he died from a heart attack. Yeah. You know, and, you know, whoever says that, like, oh, heart attacks only happen to fat people, like, Rick Ocasek <laughs> was, like, rail thin, and really doesn't matter how big you are, it's what you eat and the shit that you do to yourself. Right. And most rock and rollers did some horrible things to their bodies. Especially in the 80s. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, not that he put out any, like, m- music that I would have heard since the 80s. No? No. I no. Was, I was never a big Cars fan. Not at all. Okay. Um, And I thought that Rick Ocasek did, like, solo stuff, too. Um, might have. Don't know. That's not what he's known for. No. Apparently he was worth $30 million when he died, though. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Nice little chunk of change. Yeah. Oh, I guess he was a music producer, too. Oh, okay. Well, this one says $80 million. Uh, Combined net worth with his wife of three decades, supermodel Paulina Porzikova. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on to attend Bowling Green State University. After college, he played in a band, Milkwood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he wrote a majority of Cars material and served as co-lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist. His solo career has been only moderately successful, but eventually became known as a talented producer, honing his skills with the band's own records. After the Cars, he'd go on to produce hit albums for Weezer, No Doubt, Black Hole 47, Hole, and Bad Religion. So that's where he was really making his money. Okay. He produced the album uh, for Weezer called Blue Album, which eventually sold 15 million copies worldwide. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for him. That's a good legacy to leave. Yeah. He was 6'3". Weighed 80 pounds. No. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that was with the boots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shame. There was also recently, like yesterday, a death in the sci-fi world that if you are a fan of Star Trek... Deep Space Nine will probably come as a shock to people. Um, Aaron Eisenberg died at the age of mm-hmm. fifty. Um, he played yes. Nog, the the son of Rom and nephew of Quark. Um, mm-hmm. Nog was the first Ferengi in Starfleet. Um. Apparently, Aaron Eisenberg was a big force behind, like, the documentaries that have come out recently. And um, 
Uh, did, were, did you watch Deep Space Nine at all? I did. Okay. Yes. So there are two really, really, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not popular, but um, got a lot of critical acclaim um, that both centered around his character. Um, there is a an episode where the crew from Deep Space Nine goes to um, either resupply or do something on this planet that these soldiers have been on for like six months and they're just being attacked over and over and over. And in the process, it, tr- it tries to get into the psyche of a soldier um, suffering from PTSD in which Nog loses his leg. And then a couple of episodes later, Nog comes back um, and it's him having to deal with being in Starfleet and being wounded and trying to um, live with his injury and stuff like that. And like they're considered two of the best episodes of the run. Really? Space Nine. Yeah. Hmm. For for the look that it takes of it's it wasn't like, you know, a sci fi battle where where people get injured, but nobody really gets hurt. This was a a major character. I think he was like a a series regular at that point. Um, okay. But a series regular being injured to the point where he was having to deal with these emotions and like like what an actual soldier would be like having to come back after losing a leg and um it was it was more about like the character like um because I think in the episode he goes and he lives in the hollow deck with a with a character that's in there and he's kind of withdrawn from reality and um lots of soldiers said that that looking at those episodes it was it was haunting because that's the feelings that they were going through and the fact that a sci-fi tv show was able to get it right meant a lot to people and this dude apparently was behind that like the acting choices they he wasn't directed he just kind of went for it so okay um that's cool yeah he was only 50 when he died um apparently he's had kidney problems all of his life so i'm assuming Mm. that that's what um led to this he was he was very short too so i'm wondering if that uh contributed to the because of the kidney problems because I know it wasn't okay. uh, wasn't Gary Coleman didn't he have like um, kidney problems yes. too and that's why his growth was stunted and stuff like that yes I think so I think this was the same thing I think you know when Deep Space Nine started Nog was supposed to be like 11 or 12 and I think Aaron Eisenberg was like 30 at the time but he could pull it off because he was short and his voice was high and um he could fit that mold, but still be an actor where they didn't have to pay, like didn't have to send him to school in the middle of the day and you know, all that shit. Right. So apparently being that kind of actor though, didn't pay very well because his wife had put up a thing saying that they had gotten married in December and they were going to have a big bash, but they had to save up for it first. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. Okay. I mean, here's a dude that, like, every, a lot of people know. And mm-hmm. he can't even, like, afford a, a, like, a wedding party. Right. Uh, network. Let's see what the internet has to say about him. Uh... Of course, it's just going to be about his death. His net worth is two hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah, that's not much. No, I mean that's a lot more than a lot of people. <laughs> but oh well, yeah, you know, living in California as an actor, I can't imagine the residuals from Deep Space Nine is a lot. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, I know that he was one of the guys um, that would go to conventions and you could get your picture taken with him, with him dressed up as, as his character. Uh-huh. You know, he was, he'd, he'd reached that point where I guess it was so, like anything for. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cause I'm sure even, even on the convention circuit, he's not making a whole bunch of money is to show up. Right. So. It's a shame. It's very sad. Nobody should die at 50. Yeah, definitely. So there so I'm looking on this website biowikis.com. Uh-huh. And for Aaron Eisenberg, the first thing says Star Trek to actor Aaron Eisenberg is no more. <laughs> that's really, that's really fucked up. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, well, rest in peace. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh, oh shit! I forgot to pull up the other thing. I was going to ask you what if any of the upcoming movies for the fall you were looking forward to uh rise of the resistance that's not a movie it's not uh. no oh no it's rise <laughs> rise of skywalker uh so yeah i was going to i was going to pull up some of these and see if you had any interest in them okay um so I guess I guess the first thing I'll ask is are do you plan on seeing the Joker film in October? No. 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 No, really have no interest in it despite the reviews and everything. Just um don't care. Okay. You, you don't want to see a different take on the character? No, not really. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Jeez. Nobody can replace Cesar Romero. <laughs> what That's about What about Dolomite is my name? Definitely not. No? Definitely not. Lucy in the Sky? Uh, nope. Which is the one with um, Natalie Portman, where she plays an astronaut who comes back and and things just are not the same because, you know, she's seen the Earth from a distance and realizes how insignificant we all really are. Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, nope. No? Okay. What about the new animated version of the Adams Family? Uh, no. 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 Nope. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. So I'm not even going to ask about Gemini Man. No, Will Smith. Who cares? What about the King? That's coming to nope. Netflix, and it's a retelling of Henry V. Yeah, no, it's and okay. It, it's got um. Um. Oh, what's his name? The 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 dude that's going to be Batman. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson in it. No. Yeah. No. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nope. No. Jojo. Nope. Jojo Rabbit. On video. <laughs> because so so do you think if anybody goes to the theater like they're automatically people will think that they're racist because it's about a imaginary Hitler. Um. I think people are stupid and don't know things and jump to conclusions. So yes. Okay. How about Zombieland? I, I wouldn't be tap. surprised if there's picketing. Yeah, it's all right. No. No. Nope. Did you see the first no. Zombieland? I did see the first Zombieland. Yeah. Bill yeah. Murray was genius. He's coming back. Yeah. So. So. I already seen that. Jesus. <laughs> all right. What about Maleficent, Mistress of Evil? Yeah, but probably not in the theater. <laughs> See, you know, I don't like going to the theaters because, you know, people suck. Okay, fine. Terminator Dark Fate? No. The Irishman? No, definitely not. It's like three and a half hours long. Come on. Yeah. You know you want to get a big soda and then go sit in a theater and watch that? And watch Bad Grandpa? Yeah. No. You don't want to see a de-aged De Niro and 
Um, Joe Pesci? No. Uh, what about Doctor Sleep, which is in which is the um, sequel to the sequel Shining? To the Shining, yeah. Yeah, no. With Ewan McGregor. I don't think I've even seen The Shining all the way through. What? I know the key points. What the fuck, man? Were you not a, a Kubrick fan, or you just didn't like the movie? Um, not a Kubrick fan, and not really a Stephen King fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What about Last Christmas with uh, Khaleesi? Uh, no. No? <laughs> that's going to tank. You think so? I think that's going to be on video at Walmart on on uh, Black Friday. <laughs> and I bet she'll be there running a cash register. So my, my theory on this is that um, there's been rumors of a, of a Disney Plus show based after Solo mm-hmm. about Crimson Dawn. Right. And you know that Ray Park will show up. But people were saying, what about, um, what's her name? Um, Khaleesi. Uh, yeah, her. Yeah. Would, do you think like people were like, Amelia oh, Clark, Amelia Clark. Do you think Amelia Clark would come back? And and if this tanks, I'm pretty sure that she'll jump at it. Oh, even if it doesn't tank, she's got nothing on the horizon. You don't know that. Yeah, she doesn't. What about the John Cena film playing with fire? Not at all. Not at fucking all. Okay. Uh, Charlie's Angels. Nope. No. Is it reboot number three. Yes, but it's it's written and stars Elizabeth Banks as Bob. Oh well, God, sign me up. So apparently, Not. there is an entire universe of Charlie's Angels things oh, going on, to where really? there are different units of Charlie's Angels. Oh, okay. And different Bosleys, and you might get to see different ones in different movies. Does that uh, interest uh, you at all? No? No, not at all. Okay. I don't remember being a big Charlie's Angel fan. No? No. I mean, I had the Farrah Fawcett poster, but, <laughs> you know, that's that's about as far as it went. Okay. I think I won that at an amusement park. <laughs> Uh, what about The Good Liar, which no. is Helen Mirren and, and Ian McKellen? No. No? No. Dude, you're killing my bit here. Jesus There's Christ. really not a, a, a strong slate of films coming out, is what you're saying. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. No. Just Tom Hanks That's is the Tom Mr. Hanks Rogers. Is Mr. Rogers? Yes. No. But did you see the sexy Mr. Rogers Halloween costume? No. Oh, you have to check it out. Okay. It's pretty disturbing. Okay, hold on. Mr. Rogers' sexy Halloween costume? Sexy Halloween, yep. Comes with hand puppets and everything. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I think the rubber wig makes it. So, wait, I'm looking at one for girls. Is that the one you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't see a wig. I see a oh, I saw one where she... chick in a, twi- in a tight sweater and like um, like a collar with a with a tie, and then she's got hand puppets. This apparently was on the View. So, ah, uh, and they're they're uh... asking if the sexy Mister Rogers costume is offensive. I don't know that it's offensive. I just think it's stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, he'd be rolling over. Okay, I see it now. You see the wig? I, I see the wig now. Okay. Holy shit. Another a person tweeted, this is gross. Mr. Rogers is already sexy. What? Mr. Rogers is saint-like status. 60 bucks. Can we just not? Is that like the sexy Mother Teresa costume? <laughs> Isn't that a... Awesome I mean, the one? costume's not bad if you do, if you don't know it's supposed to be Mr. Rogers. It's like a weird schoolgirl yeah. outfit. And it's called the nicest neighbor costume. Because <laughs> they, can't, they can't say Mr. Rogers. That's right. Okay, so what All about... The- um, what about Frozen 2? 
Uh, definitely not in the movies. <laughs> uh, nope. Uh, what about Knives Out? This is getting like gigantic. Knives rays. Out. Knives Out looks good. Again, I don't think I'm going to the theater for it. It's coming out on Thanksgiving. We can go see it together. Uh, no, I'll be a little busy that weekend. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no. What about the remake of Black Christmas? Uh, no. No. What was the first? What was the first version of Black Christmas? This is like the third version, actually. Oh. Um, it's like a straight up horror Christmas film. Oh, I have no interest in that. Oh. Jumanji: The Next Level. Ooh, maybe. Okay. No. no. You're not even digging the whole thing about like, um, you know, it's The Rock doing a Danny DeVito impression. Mm, no. No. Mm-mm. All right. So I guess the big, the big battle for fall and winter is on December twentieth. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is going up against yep. Cats. I think Cats is going to kick its ass. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to see Taylor Swift as a cat? Come on. Well, see, okay, here's the thing. I think Taylor Swift's fan base is going to give Star Wars a run for its money. Sure. Because she's going to call out all of her Swifties. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Um, to show up in force to give Star Wars a run for its money. Well, I mean, it's not even the same demographic, so what's no. it matter? Well, it matters because Taylor Swift will want to be number one at the box office. Yeah, well, hate to tell her, but uh, <laughs> her ship has sailed. You think Rise of Skywalker will still beat them? Um, I hope so. Okay. So I was thinking about, um, I watched the, the latest trailer for Rise of Skywalker again. Mm-hmm. And I, I came to a, not an epiphany because I don't know whether it's true or not, but I thought you were going to say, cause I don't know what an epiphany means. <laughs> I know what an epiphany means. I came to an epiphany. Oh, did you drive or walk? <laughs> and then I turned right. Um, it's, it's not an epiphany because I don't know whether or not it's true. So it's more of a, a working theory, but. Okay. So there's a bunch of speculation around the end shot with Ray with the double plated lightsaber mm-hmm. and whether or not she's going to turn evil or not. And it kind of hit me the other day. One of the things that the JJ Abrams version of star Wars has always hammered on. And even that terrible last Jedi film has hammered on is the idea that the force does not belong to either the Sith or the Jedi that a truly balanced person walks the gray line in between the light and the dark. Sure. So why couldn't it be that the ray that we see at the end is the next evolution of force users that maybe in the movie Kylo has to, um, um, sacrifice himself for something that happens and um, Ray's way of honoring him is to build her own lightsaber out of his hence the red hence she loves dealing with a staff so she's going to make a double sided lightsaber and not that she's evil Mm. she is just the next version of what a force user looks like okay I mean, there are lots of theories about what you're going to see. Right. And um, it's going to be interesting if any of them come true. Well, I kind of feel like J.J. has made a point of saying, yes, we understand that um, The Force Awakens may may have skirted the line too close to uh, New Hope and how his his idea was to mix up the status quo and not do something that's reminiscent of Return of the Jedi. And you can't, you know, throughout every single one of the 
Star Wars trilogies, there's always been this thing about balance of the force. And you can't really have balance if one person's on either side. True. You can't really have the force can't be balanced if the only person left is a Jedi. Can't be balanced if the only person left is a Sith. But if you have somebody who's walking down the middle of that, then maybe the force actually becomes balanced through, you know, the embracing of both sides of it. Hmm. Am I okay, crazy? Interesting. Is it just a. I don't know. It's just a theory. Yeah. You know, it's it. You're not gonna know until you see it. Further, you know, that's that's it. There are rumors. There are spoilers. There are people who think they have inside information. It could all be bullshit. Well, and I'm not. I, like, I'm trying not to read any of that stuff. Right. Because I don't. I I want to go in, um, not knowing anything. Sure. So I'll watch the next. Um, I'll watch the next trailer, like the main trailer, but I won't watch any of the TV commercials or okay. any other stuff that they put out there because I don't want to know. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It was just something that thinking about that, um, you know, makes kind of makes a lot of sense within the, the world of star Wars. And that way they, they can kind of walk, Disney can walk that line in the future of like, you know, there is no good and evil force users. They're all just, um, forces. Yeah. They're, it's uh, the force is flowing through everybody. I could see that. Everybody's force sensitive. That's the inclusion thing. I don't know. It, it It's going to be interesting to see how this all wraps up and how they finally say, okay, we, we gave you a, a farewell movie for, you know, you original fans. Now shut up and go away. <laughs> Tell your kids to come. <laughs> Dress your daughters as Ray. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was my theory. Mm, okay. We'll see. Now, have you heard the theory that the the Jedi have been the villains all along? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. I don't know how much I buy that. Simply because if they're villains, they're not they're not doing th- evil things on purpose. They, they seem to come at, from at it with a, an idea of what they're doing is in the best interest of people. Unlike the Sith who are doing it just to control and more power and shit like that. Sure. Um, you, you, I don't know. It's, that one's a harder one for me to swallow. Okay. I mean, I know that, that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of evidence to the fact that they're not always on the up and up, but I don't know. You're going to have to wait and see regardless of what, what you hear between now and December, you're just going to have to wait and see, mm-hmm. you know, cause for all we know, everything that's in the trailer is in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there on out, it's, you know, but where's captain Zuvio, constable Zuvio <laughs> deep cut, man. You're not going to explain that. No, no. I I think if you know, you know, and if you don't, well, look it up. Okay, that's what Google's for. Okay. So we are getting close to the new television season. We are. We are. Mm-hmm. And um, CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths is really looking good. We now have three different Supermans. Supermans. Supermen. 
mm-hmm. being featured in this story. Brandon Routh from the movies, Tyler Hecklin from Supergirl, and Tom Welling from Smallville. I mean, does it does it bother you that they've that the way that they announced it though was that he was going to be reprising his role as Clark Kent and not Superman? <sighs> Yeah, because they're also bringing back Erica Durrance from Smallville as Lois Lane. Right. So, well, it's the same way that that um, Burt Ward is going to play somebody, assuming Dick Grayson. Yeah, but they're not going to. Gonna, uh, they're not Kevin Conroy's Batman. Squeeze his ass into a Robin outfit. I think. Well, I, they're squeezing his ass into a Clark Kent suit and a pair of glasses. Well, but that's what that's what I'm saying. I don't think I think a lot of what you're going to see is I don't think you're going to see Kevin Conroy dressed as Batman. I think No. I think there's going to be a meeting of people from different earths. Um and you're going to meet Bruce Wayne from Earth whatever and it's going to be Kevin Conroy, but it's it's Bruce Wayne who shows up at this meeting. Burt Ward mm-hmm. is Dick Grayson, but it's, you know, He's definitely not coming dressed to fight. He's retired Robin or something. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I think then too, at, at some point it's too much for Crisis to show everybody in costume. Sure, definitely. I mean, you can't just have a bunch of superheroes running around like it's a costume party. No. There's got to be reason for it. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Welling did a good job for a couple weeks there saying that he hadn't heard anything. Like, Yeah. But of course he had. I mean, sure. come on. And we'll give you an extra $100 if you don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, you want something else to put up on your poster for when you go to do these uh, conventions? Yeah. I mean, it feels, it definitely feels like um, the CW is trying to make every television show version of any of the shows that they've done canon within the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of did that last year when they did the opening, they redid the opening of Smallville. And they shot on the same farm and they did all that other shit. Um, but I just feel like now they're, they're just going to be like, well, that was canon in this universe and now he's older. Um, but, you know, Brandon Routh is also kind of canonized as his version of Superman, even though it's Kingdom Come Superman. Right. Um, but like maybe his his version is canonized within this set of earths now and um you know there's there's even talk that um well i don't i don't know how much truth there there is to this but they were talking about bringing in like some of the people from the titans tv show Mm -hmm. to do like cameos and stuff and canonize that because they have a new batman there um they've mentioned superman they've mentioned aquaman um, you know, so can Aqualad? Aqualad is in is coming up on the show. Yep. But they have mentioned specifically Aquaman. Um, but Aqualad was apparently part of the Teen Titans before. Okay. Which is really weird. So, I don't know if you've watched any of the Titans TV show. No, I have not. Okay, so. What's is that on Netflix? No, it's on um the DC streaming service. Oh. Yeah, no. So they made a point um in the first season of setting up all this backstory and then somewhere along the way somebody said, "Well, we should have had them as a Titans team before and now this is like the next generation of the Titans team." So that's how they wrote season 2. Mm. So now there's all this allusion to things that happened before season one, but they never mention in season one. Okay. Like the name Titans. Sure. Like all of a sudden Dick was like, Oh, and we were the Titans before. And it was like, no, you never mentioned that before. 
Like, what the fuck's going on? Because it's really bizarre the way that they're doing it. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I, 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 I like that service to fanboys. Are you? How do you feel about the big split in like one half is going to be in 2019 and one half is going to be in 2020? Well, I mean, that's kind of the harsh reality of TV now. Well, yeah, but the, the crossovers you know, are always the thing the right part. before Christmas. Right. Well, now they're trying to draw it out. It's going to start in October, and then it's going to be over. Yeah. And then you're going to have to wait three months, and hopefully you've done a good enough job with your storytelling that people are going to tune back in. Well, they they there's nine or ten episodes of Arrow that lead up to this. Um, and then the crossover happens and then arrows over like yes. the crossover is the end of arrow is the finale. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And I guess maybe that's why they did it. It was to like, keep your interest. Are you going to watch Batgirl? Batwoman? Batwoman. Sorry. Uh, that wasn't um, very I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. See how it goes. I feel much like um, Supergirl and Black Lightning. I am the wrong demographic. Sure. Um, you're you're not a middle aged lesbian. No. Okay. Just checking. Although I have a lot in common with middle aged lesbians. <laughs> um, Sensible shoes. No, I was I was gonna say we're both middle aged and we both like pussy, but whatever. Um. See, now you threw me off. Um. <laughs> Um, I am just the wrong demographic. They are shooting for a very pro-female target audience. And, and while mm-hmm. I'm very pro-female, I am not that right demographic. So I will watch it. I will take a look. But um, Yeah, I mean, I, you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. The teaser where she's walking down the streets and she gives money to a homeless person. Yes. and a cop or whatever says, I wouldn't do that. It just encourages them. And she goes back and gives them her watch. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Cause you know, a homeless person can really use a nice watch. <laughs> I mean the, the trailer that they released that I guess it was at comic con where, where it was very heavy handed of, um, she goes out in the Batman outfit Mm-hmm. And she's like, they thought I was him. You need to make it so that they know it was a woman. And, you know, the the Lucius Fox's kid is like, um, well, this suit is perfect. And she's, she's like, it'll be perfect when it fits a woman. And it's like, okay, it's a little <laughs> little too heavy-handed. Right. Like, I, I get that the character is a lesbian, and I get that, like, this is a strong, empowering message for young girls of like, hey, look, here's a superhero that's based around females and like, but so is Supergirl. And right. I don't think that Supergirl carries that same message. I mean, Supergirl's very inclusive of, of like lesbians and, and all that kind of stuff with Kara's sister, but I don't feel like it's as heavy handed a message as what they're trying to push in Supergirl or Batwoman. I do like, I do like Super. Supergirl's new outfit though I don't I do. know if you saw pictures of that um I did but I didn't really pay attention to it it's basically it's it's basically the Superman outfit that Tyler what's his name wears Hecklin Hecklin built yeah. for her okay so it's got that armor texture kind of thing yes and and it's pants okay. instead of in instead of a, a skirt Oh, okay. It seems. Oh, much, yeah, yeah. I've it, seen that. It seems yep. much more sensible. It and I like that better. Okay. I still don't know what's going on in the show, so you know <laughs> for what it's worth. But I can see her wanting something a little bit more covered. Uh huh. I mean, it's funny because those shows when you look at the first season of like flash and arrow, the suits were very utilitarian mm-hmm. and not so comic book looking. Right. 
like the I think in the first episode of Flash, it's revealed that that suit was a a prototype for firefighters to wear. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Cisco had been working on, and oh well, this is flame retardant, so like this will work for you because of this the heat generated by your speed. So it was it was like utilitarian that way, but like now if you look at the suit for this upcoming season of Flash, you're like, oh, they're doing the comic book now. Yeah, and that's very much the same way for like Arrow and and well, I don't watch Legends, so I don't know how they're dressed now, but. Um, it seems like they're just leaning heavily into that whole um, comic book look. Right. So. Well. <laughs> now, did you see the new news about Saturday Night Live? Where they hired this new comic because they thought he would appeal to the, the Republican conservative base? And then fired him a week later. <laughs> uh, so I had I had kind of a a glancing look at something. I had heard that he he said something very offensive to somebody. Uh, a lot of his comedy is very offensive, very cheap. You know, he jokes about Chinese people where he calls them chinks and stuff. Oh. But, you know, I mean, that's exactly what the Republican base would go for. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I, it was odd that they acted so quickly and that they were so gun-shy about it. I mean, but don't you feel that, like, Saturday Night Live is primarily, if you're going to if you're going to draw party lines, is more Democratic based than Republican based. Oh, sure. And that, you know, you, you're going to see many more Trump jabs than you are Biden jabs. Right. Exactly. But Biden's not funny. (laughs) Well, other than being touchy feely, you know, what else is there? Yeah. Well, he doesn't talk funny. He doesn't have a funny way of walking. He hasn't done any serious fuck ups. So, you know, it's not easy to rate that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a. It, you're right. It's a little strange that they did like all of a sudden because it was it was like a matter of days that somebody was like, "Hey, this is offensive," and they were like, "All right, he's out." And you're like, "Huh? Okay." But maybe they just feel that to keep their viewership they'd rather just dump the dude and keep on status quo. Well, the last thing you want to do is, is stir up a controversy that's going to overshadow what you're trying to do. I mean, it's one thing if you're, you're, you're a drama and you know, you're going to bring in somebody who's, who's pro Trump and liberal and I mean, not liberal, highly um, conservative and evangelical or whatever, but on a comedy show, Right. You you really don't need that type of controversy. No, and I feel like they've you don't made need fun of David a, Chappelle. Right, but and I, but I feel like they have made fun of Democrats. Oh, they have. Because I like not that I watched the show, but I remember like um, um oh what's his name um the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David. David. Doing, oh, Bernie. Doing, doing Bernie Sanders and sure. like I've seen like Nancy Pelosi things on there and yeah shit like that so I mean they're they're taking swipes at both sides oh sure I don't I don't know how much they need somebody who's who's just railing against the one side right So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And they have a new Asian cast member. Oh, okay. To replace, uh, what's her name, Leslie? The big black woman. Oh, Leslie Jones? 
Leslie Jones. She's left the series. Oh. Is that because they're doing a new Ghostbuster movie without her? Uh, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> She's very funny in very specific things. It, I mean, it always felt like the same thing, though. Well, it did. You know, there there was one uh, short-form video she did with Kenan Thompson where they were kind of rival drug dealers. Okay. And one got one was in the other's hood. And it became this whole, you know, absurd battle of, you know, you ever come in my turf again? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, Keenan's car doesn't start. <laughs> so she helps him. Okay. And then Black Annie, Black Annie was like almost genius. Okay. So, but that's all I can say. I wish her luck now that she's doing Cheerios commercials. <laughs> so, good luck, Leslie. I mean, they, they always used to bring her on the Seth Meyers show when um, Game of Thrones was on. Mm-hmm. And they would do this thing where they would watch the Game of Thrones episodes together. And it was always like she was just the loud black friend who, yeah, you know, the they'd say something on Game of Thrones and then she'd scream and repeat it and laugh and do whatever. And like, I guess that made Seth Meyers laugh. But it, that's always what it was to me. Like anytime you saw her, like I don't. Did you see the female Ghostbusters movie? Uh, no, I've seen little clips of it. So I couldn't sit through it. I watched it, and it wasn't a very good movie. And she played the loud black friend. Like, unlike unlike the original Ghostbusters, where Ernie Hudson shows up, like, and applies for the job. Right. She in in the female Ghostbusters one, she is a um she sells tokens on the subway and just happens to bump into these people and she kinda ingrati- ingratiates herself into the group um by bringing them uniforms and figuring out a place where that they can hang out and stuff like that. And Ernie Hudson is actually her uncle, like for his cameo. Mm. And he's the one that supplies the hearse that becomes Ecto-1 and shit like that. Yep. Okay. You know, but it's still like everybody was playing their character just like they played. Like Kristen Wiig was like the kind of fish out of water um, trying to do her best type person. And then you had um, Melissa McCarthy who was doing all the pratfall crap. And then you had Leslie Jones that was the loud black friend. And then, like, to to shake it up, they brought in Chris Hemsworth to be the hunky right. receptionist guy. And it was like, that just that's not what made Ghostbusters great. Like, it was those four guys working together. And it wasn't slapsticky, which the new Ghostbusters was. And the story didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like the reason the ghosts show up is not, doesn't work. No. I mean, the special effects were much better than the first two movies, but. Yeah, but that's just a product of its time. Right. If you did the original Ghostbusters today, it'd look phenomenal, which they're making a new one. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. So did you see how much Netflix paid for Seinfeld? No, I had heard that they had bought it after they lost uh, The Office. But what did they pay for it? Over $500 million. Wow. For global streaming rights. Okay. And this is in response to them losing The Office and Friends. And Friends, that was the other one. Okay. Yeah. NBC paid $500 million for The Office, and Warner just paid $425 million for Friends. That's a lot of money. So, Netflix actually made out on that deal then. Why do you say that? Well, yeah, no. They lost 10, a thousand, um, they lost a billion dollars worth of but whatever. So okay, so so NBC didn't pay Netflix for the rights. No, 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 no. Okay. No. 
no, Netflix did not sell these off. The original owners of whatever the deal is. Okay. All right, I got you. But $500 million, that's... I'd, I'd be interested to know what the streaming residual is. Yeah, it's weird because, like, it's not like they don't show Seinfeld episodes on, like, TBS. Right. Like, you're able to see them on air in other places. Why, like, what's what's the big deal with streaming other than you can sit down and, and show them all at the same time to somebody who's never seen them before? Well, that's... That's I don't know. We're gonna find out what that what the thing is with streaming because because it's not original. It's one thing to have original content, right? But if you're just doing the same thing and showing the shows that are at you know three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon, it's not the same thing, right? Um. So my so wasn't there a huge deal a couple of years ago between Hulu um Hulu and Seinfeld? Uh don't know. Wasn't there like uh is Hulu stepping up its game the digital video giant has landed a a rights the exclusive video on demand rights cutting a deal with Sony Pictures TV for all 180 episodes of the enduring NBC comedy. They paid $160 million to split between Sony TV, Time Warner, Castle Rock, and the Seinfeld profit participants, mm. including Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Um, so that so they're like five times more to go over. To Netflix. Interesting. Yeah. And when it was on Hulu, it wasn't even in the, the top 10. No, and that's that's what I don't understand. I don't know how these things can go up in value. Unless Netflix was well, just Well, when scared. there's nothing new replacing it. I don't know. That's not going to be the deciding factor in why I subscribe to Netflix, though. No. No, not at all. I mean, it's not one of those things like, oh, well, they have Stranger Things, and you can you can watch House of Cards. Oh, yeah, and you can watch Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, the Seinfeld's just kind of a nice-to-have-I'm-bored kind of thing. Right. Unless Netflix thinks they're going to do a reunion show. So Netflix also has Jerry Seinfeld locked into a couple of comedy specials and right. um, his comedians and cars getting coffee. Yep. So maybe, maybe they talk him into a limited run. Because I mean, they did they did a uh, other series have done it. They well, and they did a a thing on Curb Your Enthusiasm where they did a reunion of the Seinfeld show and rebuilt the set and did all this kind uh, of stuff. Was it a reunion show or was it just reuniting the cast as themselves? Well, but it was supposed to be they were doing another episode of Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Got it. So the original Hulu deal was for six years. Okay. And Seinfeld has not had a new episode for 21 years. Does that make you feel old? That was 21 years ago? That's what they're saying. Holy shit. Yep. So in 2021... They will be on Netflix. So apparently they're they're upraising all these to 4K. How do you do that when you didn't shoot it in 4K to begin with? So depending on whether or not if they shot on film. Okay. If they shot on film, 35 millimeter film is actually like 8K in quality. 
Oh, so okay. you can take the original masters and and recut them. But if they were shot on video, the only way to do that is through software means, and it doesn't usually look that great. So it it'll be interesting to see. Mm. And they're all shot shot in four by three and not sixteen nine. So oh, well, that's it's true too. Four K oh, I mean, square. Yeah. Which means most TVs are going to overscan it. Yeah. Bizarre. So HBO Max was considered an obvious choice as Seinfeld is owned by Warner Brothers. Um, TBS, however, after shelling out $425 million for Friends and getting ready to write a giant check for The Big Bang Theory and possibly Two and a Half Men which is expected to cross the $1 billion mark, industry sources speculated that the company may be tapped out for the moment or at least preoccupied until they can close a deal for Big Bang. Mm. So soon you'll have HBO Max, Hulu, NBCU, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV... Or Apple Plus, whatever the fuck they're calling that. Right. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Warner Brothers streaming, Paramount streaming. Yeah. It's a mess. It is. But it's a great time to be alive if you're into media. Yeah, I mean, if if you like TV and, and you want to sit there and watch, they have all the Seinfeld, have your pick. Yeah. Well, and well, you, no, but if I did, I'd be able to. You already do, though. I mean, there's nothing that you can't find anywhere. But you'll find it all in one place. You can go from Stranger Things to Seinfeld. Is there a machete version of Seinfeld? <laughs> the proper way to watch it? Uh, you skip season one altogether. <laughs> Very much like Parks and Rec. Just don't watch the first season. And I really want to say that the first season of Seinfeld is only like six episodes. Hmm. When it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles. I think. Is that even included in the deal? It must be. It's it's all it's all hundred and eighty episodes. Um, well, which is weird because the episode guide on Internet Movie Database only says one hundred and seventy three episodes. So what are the other seven episodes? Don't know. So okay. The season one episode list for Seinfeld starts with episode zero. Okay. Which is called Good News, Bad News. And then there's episodes one, two, three, and four. Okay. So there's five, technically five episodes in the first season. So just stop watching. Like, don't watch those. <laughs> just go straight. Now, in that, the, now that we've told you about them, yes. ignore them. Yeah, you don't need to see them. That's right. Because literally... Um, on, in season two episode two is the classic episode where they go and um, Jerry goes to a family dinner and insults his grandmother about having a pony okay so that's like episode two of season two so they come right out of like you know right out of the gate with good episodes so Season two also has the Chinese rep restaurant episode where they spend the entire episode in the waiting room of the waiting Chinese for the restaurant. Table? Yep. Yes. So, you know, there's good things in season two. Eh. I am interested to what those other seven episodes are, though, since there's only apparently 173. I wonder if, like, during the last year, they did all those, like, behind the scenes episodes. 
Yeah. And like best of moments. I wonder if all those get in there too. Hmm. I'm sure they would. Yeah. I mean, what would you gain by keeping them separate from the deal? Well, nothing, but like those aren't technically episodes of the show. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Can't believe that was 21 years ago. Jesus Christ. And they originally funded the Seinfeld Chronicles by canceling a Bob Hope TV special. <laughs> okay. That first episode, episode zero, is so bad. It was about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> see? See what I did there? Yep. I see what you did. All right. You got anything else for this week? No, I think that's it. Hmm. I think we're caught up. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. It's good to be back. (laughs) 